Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and you know, I really miss recording with Leslie in our little studio, but due to the pandemic, I've had to get creative about how to keep the podcast going without being physically near anyone, and it's actually been kind of fun to have a few guests. So today, my guest is Dr. Scott Glassman who is a psychologist. And, you know, I've known Scott a really long time. Um, Actually, I'll tell you how I met Scott. We were, I hope this doesn't embarrass him, we were both at a professional conference in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And there's not a whole lot to do in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I mean, I don't mean to disparage the town, um, but the conference organizers knew that they needed to entertain us. So they put together a social event and it was like a, like a casino night for the conference goers. So I went to the casino night and I looked across the room and I saw someone wearing a t-shirt that said PCOM, which stands for Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I thought, huh, I wonder if he's from Philadelphia. So I went over and introduced myself, and sure enough, Scott lives like 20 minutes away from me, and we've been friends ever since. That was that was eight years ago, and we had a ball at Casino Night, winning all kinds of, uh, of fake money. Anyway, I've invited Scott to come on today to talk about happiness. He is an expert on positive psychology, and he has a program called A Happier You, and Scott's going to talk to us a little bit about how to actively practice finding happiness in our lives. Let's take a listen. So I'm Scott Glassman. I'm I'm a clinical psychologist, uh, and I've been interested in the past uh, five years in positive psychology. You know, it looks at how we uh, move beyond seeing people in terms of problems and looking at their strengths and looking at ways that we can enjoy uh, a a higher level of well-being in our lives. And drawing from the field of positive psychology, think about ways that we can have more control over positive feeling states and positive thoughts. And so I developed a program called Happier You, where we teach people a set of uh, evidence-based skills so that they're able to create more joy, meaning, and peace uh, in their day-to-day lives. So I don't know that, a single person who couldn't benefit from that, Scott. <laughs> right, we all could benefit from that, right? Yeah. I, mean, it's, I think we all run into antagonisms and challenges in life and where we're not our best selves. Um, but having a scaffolding, having kind of a structure that we can turn to in those times of distress, but also in times where we feel good, that we can, can become a system of living in a, in a, a more positive state is what I've been very interested in um, uh, recently. So mm. um, so our program, A Happier You, uh, has been running for about three years. We've uh, had over uh, 170 people uh, come through the program uh, and graduate. 
and we've since transitioned it into a uh, a virtual uh, uh, version where uh, it's modular and it's set up uh, in the course of seven weeks. We take you through these positive positivity uh, uh, skills areas, uh, seven of them, which uh, we consider the core um, primary colors of happiness. If you're going to make an analogy. (laughs) So if you think about, um, you think about light, right? You know, the light is, takes sunlight as it appears. It's uh, monochromatic, right? Contains, seems to just be one color. But when you pass that sunlight through a prism, you really find that it's composed of a lot of different colors. Yeah. So, so in the same way, we can kind of think of happiness as composed of different wavelengths over which we can exert control. And the happier you program splits up those wavelengths each into its uh, own module. Mm-hmm. And that includes uh, a module, a session on gratitude, uh, a session on kindness, personal strengths, uh, humor and playfulness, love, meaningful activities, enjoyment, uh, and positive event awareness, uh, uh, to name some of them. Hmm. Scott, I wonder if maybe you come across people from time to time who say, yeah, I kind of get what you're teaching me. I get these different modules but I'm just not in a place right now where I can be happy. I'm not in a place right now where I can be grateful. Um, this isn't a good time for this right now. And and how do you help someone like that? I think one of the messages in our program returns the idea of acceptance hmm. and allowing whatever feeling is within you to uh, to exist without judging it or trying to push it away in a very John Kabat-Zinn um, uh, mindfulness perspective that negative states of mind and uh, emotion are not inherently wrong or bad yeah. or, or, or anything to be ashamed about. And to be able to hold those moments with compassion and acceptance and perhaps watching it like observer until it passes um, is a whole part of this full spectrum positivity approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to bring that in there as, as something. Yeah, that that's helpful. And as you as you made reference to, uh, I think you called on the primary colors of happiness, which I think is so cool. Uh, do you find Scott that some people? just really resonate with one of those primary colors more than the other, or they feel more challenged by one more than the other? Do people identify in your program like, okay, well, that one's a real problem area for me? Absolutely, yeah. Um, So some of the most popular topics that we have in the program include uh, gratitude. Uh, Gratitude is one of them. Um, Our module on humor and playfulness, so the lightness in life. Um, people really love to get in touch with things that make them laugh and to do that socially. Mm. So one of the things I neglected to mention about a happier you is that this is a group program. So you have people talking about and thinking about ways to feel grateful, to practice kindness, to identify personal strengths, to feel lightness with each other. And each person's contribution of something good, the silver lining a personal strength sparks other people to think about their own personal strengths, their own portals into gratitude, kindness, love, lightness. Um, so 
within that kind of social context of feeling good, gratitude has been a highlight. Another highlight has been um, along with lightness and playfulness, um, thinking about personal strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea that we all carry this unique profile of best qualities that when we become more aware of what those traits are, what those cross situational qualities are, we become empowered then to, um, to live out those qualities in a more, uh, a, a fuller way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so those are, those are a few that really garner a lot of, um, a lot of robust feedback and, you know, enthusiasm, uh, I'm really, certainly. I'm really glad you you brought up the strength building part because when you first started, you were telling me I think you said something like, you know, we come at this from a, a, an approach that people are not just their problems, but they have strengths as well. And I, I actually yeah. I have a little piece of paper here and I jotted that down to come back to because I think the people who listen to this podcast are folks who say. I have friends who have problems, <laughs> okay? And they, yeah. they, they come because they, they tune in because they have a friend who's grieving or a family member who's getting divorced or a friend who got cancer or someone had a miscarriage or uh, my next door neighbor's unemployed or my colleague is an alcoholic. And they tune in because they know people who have problems and they want to help these people who have problems. And I kind of like the way that you're saying, let's look beyond a person's problems. Your friend who's unemployed is also a friend with strengths. Um, Your friend who had a miscarriage is also a friend with strengths. And I I think that that's kind of an interesting part of this program. Yeah, thank you, Kate. And um, we incorporate a focus on strengths um, early on, and we take this kind of inside-out approach to um, well-being and to feeling empowered around um, positivity. And that's kind of knowing yourself better, knowing the best sides of yourself uh, more accurately and more fully. Um, So um, we've been really uh, inspired and fortunate to um, have the work of Martin Seligman, who's done uh, quite a bit of research in the area of character strengths hmm. to to guide an understanding of um, you know what are my strengths. I may have some sense that, for instance, I'm you know easy to talk to. I'm a friendly person. Um, I uh, appreciate beauty and nature, and um, I also uh, I'm a high achiever, and those are and I have, I have a lot of uh, a lot of energy around that. Um, but there is a way of answering questions through a survey that will give you a profile of what your top strengths are. So if your listeners uh, want to go to viacharacter.org, uh, mm-hmm. uh, V-I-A character.org, you can fill out a strength survey, which will rank order your top strengths from 1 to 24. Oh, cool. And so you can see, you know, what are, you know, what are, based on my answers to uh, these different questions, you know, are my top strengths what I thought they were hmm. or what other people uh, might, might say they are. Oh, I'm going to um, do that for myself. Yeah. Um, that's, that's wonderful. And, you know, we, um, you know, knowing your strengths is one thing, but then interacting with them in um, a, a habitual way every day is something that happier you kind of adds to that picture. So let's say your strength 
is uh, love. Uh, your top strengths are love, kindness, and appreciation of, of beauty. Um, we would ask people to find, look for examples of times when they are exhibiting that strength uh, during the day. So when uh, did you show love to somebody? When were you kind? When did you notice something that was beautiful and, and appreciate that? Um, and by being more intentional and aware of when we're enacting those strengths, it actually makes those things shine brighter. Mm. Um, so we can reinforce that quality, we can build that quality, and we experience the positive emotional uh, effects of being invested and focusing in on uh, on those strengths. So it really is a portal uh, into uh, feeling good mm-hmm. by looking at, and every day I think we show strengths every single day of our lives. We may not notice it, we may have a really a tough day and they say, you know what, my strength today was just persisting and getting through this day and persevering across the, the, the 10 things that went wrong, including, you know, my car not starting, um, uh, being let go from a job and, you, you know, the, the other the other three things that happened. Um, but we all, we can find our our core points of resilience, um, you know, within what we carry within ourselves across situations. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really helpful as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the folks who are probably listening and one of their strengths is probably that they're helpers because that's what brought them to the podcast in the first place. And God love the helpers in this world. We need more for sure. Um, but I think one of the, like the dark side of being a helper or a helpful person is that in order for you to be a helpful person, you need to find problems out there to help people with. And I think then the helpers in the world are kind of prone to looking for problems. And, you know, your program is about maybe looking at the folks in your life and seeing the strengths in them just as much or maybe more than you see the problems that you can solve for them. Um, Absolutely. It's it's an entirely uh, new way of of looking at the world and and looking uh, at life. It really combats um, what... Um, we've identified uh, in psychology as the negativity bias. Mm-hmm. The negativity bias is our uh, natural tendency to turn toward problems, what's going wrong, the stress in our lives, the crisis, the bad news story uh, that's being broadcast. Yeah. Um, the, one of the reasons they say that we have a tendency to turn toward negative information in our environment is that we are drawing upon uh, an instinct, uh, which is a survival instinct that we're protecting ourselves uh, in some ways we think from threatening uh, information or threatening circumstances. And so in order to protect ourselves, we need to pay attention to those uh, negative uh, objects of experience. But that kind of alarm system has gone awry. And so our negativity bias that's capitalized on the media, pointing out negative uh, news events by people in our lives. Oh, let me just tell you about this problem and venting. And we, we are kind of surrounded by an environment that reinforces the negativity bias, um, which is the uh, an alarm system for survival that, you know what, it's, it's not really necessary. The alarm's going off when there really isn't a, a cause for us to be um, concerned about 
you know, safety uh, in many ways. So we, we're aware of that uh, within our program and we orient people to kind of noticing the negativity bias. Hmm. So noticing the, the circulation of negative thoughts, feelings, and actions and how that, how that can be magnified by other people's negativity bias. So you get that kind of compound effect that can be hard to break out of. But certainly you can over time with practice of shifting your attention to what's that person's strength, not the problem that they're experiencing, but what's the best part of them and what's the silver lining? And can I do that repetitively? And then doing that repetitively, we're actually reshaping our, our neural connections and our, uh, our tendencies from an attentional standpoint. You've, you're giving me so much to think about. I have a friend who is, um, I think, I think I'm probably putting it too lightly to say that he's under a lot of stress. <laughs> he's, he's under an enormous amount of stress and I worry about him a lot and he knows that I'm worried about him. And, you know, I'm, I'm always asking, how can I be helpful to you? And, and I've offered like, let me check in on you once in a while and see how you're doing. And recently I came across a book about stress. So I sent him a copy and I'm like all on him about his stress. And now I'm thinking, oh, I'm sounding that alarm about stress, maybe when he's not even stressed out anymore, or he's in having a good afternoon, and I show up in his text messages, just triggering him back to this stressful state. Uh, And so you're giving me a lot to think about that maybe that's just so unnecessary. And and maybe... You know, it, it's it, it's stress is dramatic, mm-hmm. and you know there is a kind of um, pulse pounding nature to, you know, what's gone wrong, and let's look at the problem. So that can be kind of a, a reinforcement uh, of continuing to focus on it. Um, but I, uh, you know, would just kind of, you know, guide your listeners to think about this idea of holding and pivoting. And what we mean by our method of hold and pivot is to hold whatever negative experience um, or conversation is occurring uh, in an area of acceptance and kind of watchful curiosity. Mm -hmm. And then at some point asking yourself, do I have the wherewithal? Do I have the resources right now to then to now pivot to the silver lining, the strength, the solution, Um, you know, even shifting away completely from that particular area to something that makes you, you know, feel good and is forward looking and is hopeful. Um, But we all reach that pivot point at different times. So some of us may need to hold that stressful event and process it with our loved ones and our friends, you know, maybe for an hour before we feel like we can pivot. Yeah, but I would, but I would challenge, uh, I I would challenge people to think about could I shorten the hold period? Mm. And could I ask myself, you know, would I be ready to pivot a little bit sooner? Um, and w- how would that affect my life if I decide, you know, I want to try that? So. I like hold and pivot. Scott, are you familiar with the fr- the, the concept of toxic positivity? Uh, no, uh, would uh, share that with me. I'm, I'm curious I, to know what, uh, I think what I can, referring I, to. I think I can put it really simply. I think toxic positivity is like forcing someone to pivot way too fast. Like, mm. like yep. someone says, my dog died and you're like, well, Hey, look on the bright side. You had a dog, yes. you know, that's like yep. way too fast to the pivot. 
And um, on the podcast, uh, I don't know if it was last season or two seasons ago, we did a whole episode on toxic positivity. And I'm bringing it up now because I like this idea of hold and pivot, but I want to make sure the listeners don't confuse the two. We're not saying pivot in a toxic positivity kind of way. We're saying pivot when the, the time is right, when, when, when it's time to pivot, but not because you as the helper were just uncomfortable and decided like, hey, look on the bright side, the sun's up today. You know, that, that might be pivoting way too fast. Sure, and there's different uh, degrees of pivoting. So there's pivoting when you might be diving headfirst into um, into something that, you know, like lightness or humor or love or something enjoyable, and that can feel pressured. Um, or there can be a pivoting which is gradual, which is you're dipping your to- you're dipping your toes into uh, the a pool of thinking about one thing that uh you feel thankful for in in spite of you know something terrible that may have just happened yeah um recently and i think that gradual approach is much more amenable uh and much more appealing to people um who have a strong allegiance to kind of their negativity bias and to really needing and wanting to process tough things that happen to them for extended periods of time sometimes we need to not jump into the pool you know, uh, head first, but we need to kind of go in toes first mm-hmm. and almost being like a, a, a gentle guide for ourselves to say, what am I ready for right now? And just even asking that question, am I ready to maybe feel something different here? Yeah. And to what degree it's such a gentle at your own pace, at your own time, uh, uh type of, uh, model as we turn toward well-being versus this kind of coercive, a toxic model that you were you were referring to. Yeah, that's a helpful distinction. Well, is there anything else that you think the listeners might like to know about the Happier You program or um, anything that comes to mind that you think kind of just everyday people might like to know? Um, yeah, sure. Um, so you can, if you're interested in um, checking out our program, um, you can go to happieryou.org. Um, and, uh, Kate, I, I thank you too for sending out a newsletter, um, uh, for, uh, that we have. So mm-hmm. you can sign up for our free positivity newsletter where we describe different, uh, tips that are drawn from the program each month. Uh, and so, um, I guess I'll, if Kate, if you yeah. allow, just, uh, just to plug, uh, a book that's, uh, of mine that's coming out, um, it won't be out until uh, next, uh, November, um, but it's called the upside and it really synthesizes a happier you into a self-guided approach um, to enhancing well-being. So if you're, your listeners are keeping an eye out for that, and if you sign up for the newsletter, we'll, we'll let you know when that's uh, going to be released. Excellent. And, um, you know, with your permission, Scott, I'd be happy to have, you know, a link to purchasing the book on, on the website as well. Fantastic. Yeah. I, and I really appreciate talking with you, Kate. It's, it's great to, uh, to reconnect and to think about um, think about positive things, right? When we're uh, when we're all all working hard. Well, yeah, I think we have to work harder at thinking of positive things and not just expect them to appear in our minds spontaneously. Um, so that's one of the things I'm taking away is that this is a practice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right. Thanks so much to Scott for helping me out with a brief chat about the Happier You program. 
You know that friend who I mentioned, the one who's going through a lot of stress? <laughs> so I tried to improve my approach. And Scott's right. This does take practice because I think I messed up a little bit. So I wanted to help my friend discover more positive mental states, just like Scott taught us. But despite my good attempts, I think I still need to practice because, so, well, here's what happened. I tried to capitalize on his strengths and his values. So I started encouraging him to do good deeds for strangers, thinking I might help him feel really good if he was helpful to others. And I kept saying, why don't you volunteer your time or donate some money? I think you'll feel so good. And he wasn't really responding much. And honestly, I think he ended up feeling guilty that he wasn't doing more in his life. <laughs> and then I realized altruism, or more specifically, kindness to strangers. Well, that's something that I value. It's my strength, not his. So I had to rethink this approach yet again. So instead, I started asking him to help me personally with something. That's more aligned with his strengths and values. I think he cares about helping people in his own life. And the thing I asked him to help me with was a business plan, which really taps into his strengths. And listen, he was all about that. He lit up. And I think for a moment, maybe many moments, he kind of forgot about the stress in his life. He really did seem less negative and even kind of energetic and excited. And I just wanted you to think about that because there may be people in your life who are going through a lot and you're thinking, oh, the last thing I would do is ask that person to help me with something. That's just another thing they have to worry about. But honestly, if you're helping a person capitalize on their strengths, you might really be helping that person tap into their positive energy. And, and that's something that I really took away from the conversation with Scott is that showing up for people in tough times doesn't mean we exclusively focus on what's tough. Showing up for people in tough times might mean that we're the one person who can still see the good. So here's the exercise I want you to try. I want you to think about someone in your life who you wish you could help. Maybe it's a friend who just had a miscarriage. Maybe it's a child who's being bullied. Maybe it's a neighbor who's getting divorced. What strength could you help that person showcase? Rather than just showing up to say, I'm here because you've gone through this horrible thing, maybe you could show up and say, hey, I know you're really great at grilling ribs. Could you teach me? Maybe that kid who's being bullied is also a great painter. Maybe you could ask that child to paint something for your office wall. I know a person in my own family who definitely struggles with anxiety. I mean, sh she would never call it that, but it, it is anxiety nonetheless. And uh, I highly doubt she would ever accept any recommendation that I might make, you know, for like a book about anxiety or a support group, or God forbid I mentioned a medication. I just, I know her well enough to know she would reject all of that immediately. But I've started to look for ways to use her strengths and it's been kind of cool. I happen to know she's really good with money, so I asked her to help me with a budget, and I watched her sit up a little taller when I did. 
I asked her to pick me up from the train station the other day, and it was a win-win. I got a ride, and she got to feel useful and important. The point is, people are more than their problems. Sometimes we think we can help them by focusing on those problems, but maybe we can help them more effectively by letting them help us with their strengths. So look around your life. Who has a skill or a talent that you could call upon? I want you to, to experiment with this, and I want you, if you're willing, to tweet your experiments using hashtag StrengthFinder, uh, or you can tag us using I was O-T-T-H. That's our Twitter and Instagram handle, I was O-T-T-H. You can also share a picture of your attempt if you want to do this on Instagram, but keep us posted. Until next time, friends.